Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto. Whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back, you'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Hey, welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan. I am joined by just an incredible human being today. We've been having some conversation beforehand, Dr. Stephen Barry. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm happy to continue our, our fun conversations yeah. with, your, with your audience. <laughs> I'm so excited because we were just talking about water and we're making a conversation about that. And then Laura cut us off and said, hey, this is already interesting. We need to start yeah. recording. So I was saying, you know, because of my background in performance arts and music, you know, I had always done room temp water just because that doesn't constrict your vocal cords. Mm-hmm. Or you can do hot water with a little lemon, sometimes put some honey in there too to help lubricate. And you were saying that you spent a long time in China. Seven and a half years. Yeah, wow. And the water over there is just boiling hot? The they, they, they don't have ice, and they don't refrigerate water. And when you go to a restaurant in someone's house, um, you get served a boiling cup or glass of, of water, which I used to have to let sit for like 10 minutes before I could even touch it because it was yeah. so hot. But, uh, <laughs> we'll get into all the fun stuff you do, but of course, water is an interesting conversation. <laughs> and... And part of health. It is. Absolutely it is. The, the study that I just saw that I was explaining was there was something that says, you know, don't even drink water when you're speaking from stage or whether, you know, in a podcast scenario, some kind of interview or whether you're singing, performing any sort of vocal art because mm-hmm. water will dry you out now. I always knew that about caffeine. You know, that's why you right. never drink coffee before you go on. But any kind of hot tea with some lemon in it will start to lubricate things and right. open you up because it's a hot drink. It, I don't know. That, that just didn't seem right to me. So who funded that study? I know. Right on. That's a great That's point. Who funded that study? <laughs> who is anti-water? <laughs> it, it was the, uh, the, the lozenge company. That, there you that go. Has the special lozenges that moisturize your mouth. Yes. <laughs> no water. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I know who you are. Can you tell all the listeners who you are and what you do? I mean, you, you do a lot of things, but we're going to talk a lot about... Sure. Um, Anything today, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I think if there's a thread in in my life, um, it's I've always wanted to do things that helped people learn how to improve their health, and that could take on many factors. It could take on writing books. It could take on uh, creating a company uh, called Jehovah Diagnostics, which helped people through laboratory testing understand oh, nice. what was happening. Yeah. Um, it could be through my work in China, which we can talk about. It could be through my work here now in, in, with Viome in, in the United States. So that's, that's the thread. Um, so I'm a physician um, uh, by training, but also a, a business person, an entrepreneur, and, and love to take medical and health ideas and how do we disseminate them beyond just a physician working kind of one-on-one oh, yes. and seeing you know, X hundred patients a year, uh, important to do, um, but how can we how can we multiply that to reach more people? Sure, sure. I think that might be a good place to start. Were you a practicing physician mm-hmm. at any point? Yep. Yeah, I was a practicing physician in the in the mid '80s, 
and had this aha back then that the laboratory test results I was getting back were just measuring pathology. Hmm. They weren't giving me as a physician or my partners in the practice ideas of what the cause of the person's condition was. It said, right yep, on. that person has inflammation. Oh, that person has arthritis. Yeah. Okay, I kind of knew that anyway, right? So I began to think about other ways that, that laboratory testing can help understand the root cause of disease. And that was at the time when that thought of practicing medicine, not just suppressing or treating a symptom, but finding out why somebody had a food allergy or, or had Parkinson's or had whatever, that was just starting to really start to spread out through the United States. That was Absolutely. the beginning of it in the 80s. Would that be the beginning of functional medicine? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, okay. I know that's even a new term. I was trying to explain that to my mother the other day, what functional medicine is. <laughs> and it's really trying to find the root cause. Exactly. Okay. It's a really simple concept. Exactly. It, it, it's how do, how do <laughs> it our... It really is, you would I mean, think. You would, and if you asked a five-year-old, is that how medicine, medicine should be practiced? They would say, sure. Um, it, it's taking a look at, at the, our genes how they express themselves, and then what in our environment of our life affects the expression which might lead to either health or, or disease. That's beautiful. So you, you're not just, you're going into the cellular and genetic level mm -hmm. of this, and that, that blows my mind. You know, we talked a little bit about my health issues a couple of years ago, how I had a, a dead gangrenous gallbladder. And the one thing that really bugged me about the whole experience is I went eight months, and they could not figure out what was wrong with me. And what I had got, I think I talked about this in an earlier episode too, just slightly, is that I had to go through this linear progression of tests. And mm -hmm. I asked the question, this is a vivid memory, I asked the question, why can't we just do them all now? <laughs> it's a, Good question. Yes. <laughs> and the answer was was very bureaucratic. You know, to, well, it's not responsible to. Well, why isn't it responsible to? I was told that I would never make a good marine because if somebody told me, "Hey, go attack that hill," I would always ask the question, "Well, why? What's the what's the reasoning behind that?" Well, yeah, it's not responsible in the minds of the system from a a financial point of view, perhaps. And you know, medical school teaches people. How to follow a system. Yeah. Medical school doesn't attract normally creative thinkers. If you're a creative thinker, you don't do well in medical school, right? Because huh. medical school teaches you a, a system of standard of care. You see this, you do that. You see this, you do that. You see this, you do that, that, and that. So most physicians practice following, yeah. following that. That um, makes sense too, why it's called a medical practice, because you're just literally improving on everything you've been taught. Mm -hmm. There almost is no going outside the box. Right. There's no yeah. creativity. I mean, most physicians, after they graduate and in practice, they don't spend time reading, you know, the literature and keeping up on new things. Um, they're busy with their practice. Sure. Right. That's interesting. Um, so I was going to comment. Yeah, because, um, So with your situation, the gallbladder, um, so this is one type of health challenge, right? Sure. It's more of an acute health challenge. Mm -hmm. The areas that, that I've tended to spend more time in are the ones of the chronic diseases, okay. which, which take place over time, starting with when we're born, in, in essence, yeah, really, yeah. Um, and develop through our interaction with, with the environment. That are, so, yeah, that, and, and those are mostly preventable. I mean, yours, we don't really know what happened exactly. with yours, and, and probably wasn't we preventable. still don't know. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, perhaps, for, you know. Um, that would be an acute thing that came sure. up. But the chronic diseases that we that are affecting so many of us around the world today and such a big healthcare burden 
are, you know, preventable. Absolutely. And they come down to the genetic level too, whether you're predisposed to such a condition, you're saying in the environment, what you're exposed to, would, would I be correct in saying that that could trigger one well, of these? Well, that determines whether you actually get it. So, okay. so genetics says you might have a risk of something, Yeah, but it doesn't have to be expressed. Right. So what we do in the environment either, either in, increases the risk, the expression of things sure. that are going to cause it, or decreases it. Okay, so that's just the starting point. It doesn't do anything by itself. Yeah, yeah. Okay? It's what, what happens after that, that determines whether it actually gets, gets expressed as a disease. That's interesting. I met a, a functional doctor who was, I don't remember what his specialty was, but he was a, a practicing physician prior mm -hmm. to swearing off all health insurance agencies, you know, and just going to a cash-only practice and moving into the functional side. And he was a type 1 diabetic. So that would be the expression, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And he started explaining to me the difference between the types of casein proteins in milk. How there's an A1 and A2. A2. Exactly. You know, yes. Adam and I were just talking about this before. And he's like, I never knew this. And I said, I found this out from talking. Jersey cows and Holstein cows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right on. And how A1, which is most of the milk that's in America, um, is... The Holstein cow, the black and white cows. Right on. That is... That's what can trigger type one diabetes. So even though it's a it's a genetic predisposition to that, and then the expression comes by consuming the A one protein, and that's actually mm -hmm. what triggered this now functional medicine mm -hmm. physician's situation with, with type one diabetes. And ever since then, you know, the, I, I've shifted over to A two milk because A one now I've uh, I've found that a lot of people feel that they might be lactose intolerant when in fact it's just an issue. For many with people, the, right that shift will they'll find a difference exactly so it's not the lactose it's not the sugar it's the actual type of protein the actual cow right. type of cow the species of cow that it comes from as far as whether you whether you're going to have digestive issues with it or mm -hmm. not and it's not just lactose intolerance it's also people who think they have or not think they have who who have suffered from a a quarter sensitivity to yes. dairy right um, and just maybe the stomach doesn't feel so good, or they feel tired or whatever. Many of them, when they switch to the A2, seem to have the symptoms get better. Exactly. I wish it was more widely available. Because right. even around, but you know, in Chicago, it's uh, there's only a few stores that carry it. Thank God there's one that's about 10 minutes from my house. Yeah, <laughs> are the, the major stores uh, here actually carry them? They do. The regular that's ones. great. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Whole Foods needs to jump on that. Because <laughs> I don't think they carry oh, oh, it. Oh, they do. Oh, they do? Oh, no. Yeah, the ones he does. Oh, yeah. that's great. Not by us. Yeah, yeah, not in Chicago. They don't have it there yet. That's you know, good and, to know that's coming. And I guess if we think about how this happens, it's something we I think it's important to look at yeah. all the things that us as humans do to quote improve things. So, the black and white cows were genetically developed right through through breeding. Yes. To yeah. increase milk production. You got it. Right. Um, which they accomplished. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then, but they don't pay attention to what are the other effects. And, and we, we certainly have learned as we're learning as humans that every time we do something to change something, maybe a good idea, but yeah. we, we also want to pay attention to what are the other effects. What, what else are we changing that we didn't quite unintentionally didn't quite? Yeah, think nobody about ever realizes that yeah. until later. <laughs> it, for sure, you know. And I mean, this is this is really really dumbing it down. But you know, in in the tech industry that I've grown grown up in, I always was just dumbfounded by when I would enter into a situation and there might be some other vendors involved in the same project because there's lots of moving parts that I would tend to look at things from a holistic point of view, you know, almost like functional medicine, but for right. technology, when all 
the other vendors really cared about was their part and they had no concern as far as what they were doing and their plans would affect the whole. <laughs> you know, so it's even outside of medicine, it's everywhere and it's just such a tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And if we can get outside of that, but that's like you were saying, you know, just even tech, I, I would maybe call those the standard physicians, <laughs> you know, that, that go to, to school and learn their trade, learn their craft and then just never go outside the box. And I, it, I don't know. Well, they don't get rewarded for it. This is right? true. This I mean, is very so, true. Um, I don't want to be crass, but but people get motivated. People do things because they're motivated in some way. Yeah. So there isn't a, a system built into our present healthcare, although the, let's call it our present disease care system, not a healthcare system in the United States, disease care, because we're just trying to manage diseases. Yeah. Um, there's no motivation for, for physicians to do that. Yeah. Right? Uh, especially with uh, the insurance company is saying that you you know have to see people every five minutes and you know so they're just not motivated to take a lot of time to understand what's happening with someone and learn to new tools to help them do that. Absolutely, I do want to circle back in a little bit here mm -hmm. back to um you know even talking about the different types of cows <laughs> and because I just took my biome test about oh. two weeks ago. But before that, because we're on a subject here to where it's really interesting to me, anyways where nobody's rewarded for being creative, you know, especially in the medical community. And you spent some time in China, you said, implementing their new healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Can you just go into that a little bit? Sure. And, and in terms of being rewarded, think about the healthcare system. Physicians and healthcare institutions are rewarded for people continuing to become sick. Yes. Right? Yes. It's a perverse opposite... Um, uh, carrot, if you will. Yeah. The carrot is keep these, you know, people sick so they keep on coming back. Imagine so, the pharmaceutical economy crash if there's ever a cure for cancer. Right. Right. They're, they're, they're being rewarded for that, treating. So that's why their yeah. band-aid solutions to yes. suppress the symptom um, is financially a, a good model for them. So, and coming to China, so you may have heard this story. Um, in, in China, if you go back a long time in, in, in traditional Chinese medicine, um, the village healer was paid a monthly stipend to keep people well, whether it was a chicken or a dozen eggs or sure. whatever. You know, everybody would give their you know donation to the to the village healer. Um, if they got sick, they didn't give them the chicken that month. Oh wow! So the healer, he or she, was motivated. To get them well quickly, so they could get back their chickens every month. <laughs> Versus motivated to keep the office visits flowing. Right. Yes. Right. So, a simple example, and um, but one has to wonder, uh, you know, about the genius in that. Now, the Chinese healthcare system today does doesn't uh, imbue that much of that, obviously. Sure. Um, you know, they've got a big challenge, and that there's 1.4 billion people that need medical care yeah. that the country provides for them. Okay, um, So uh, that's their challenge. Traditional Chinese medicine with this great long rich history yeah. um, actually has not done that well with today's chronic disease epidemic, huh. which China is in the midst of as they've adopted more Western eating habits and there's been pollution sure. and stress and et cetera. The, the chronic diseases in China have been, have been rising. So That's an interesting point that you said there, too, that they've adopted more Western eating habits right, now. Right, and Western ways of thinking, Western yes. business cultures, etc. 
So the Chinese government says, okay, well, what do we do? Um, we, we, want, we want to do something more than TCM. We, don't, we want to modernize it. Yeah. So let's look around. They look to the West and they say, oh, well, over there, the United States, they're spending 20% of the GDP on healthcare. We can't afford to do that. And it's not even working very well. Yeah. I mean, the United yeah. States is ranked 41st in quality of healthcare. Wow. 41st. And we spend three times more uh, per capita than any other industrialized nation. So something's goofed <laughs> up. We won't talk about that. But, so, but China says, well, there's, there's good stuff there, but we can't just adopt Western medicine. That, you know, it doesn't work and it will bankrupt us. Sure. So they heard um, about functional medicine, right? And they said, ah, okay, functional medicine is very much aligned with the philosophy of traditional Chinese medicine, right? And it incorporates modern stuff. I mean, functional medicine, you know, does include drugs at times and surgery at times and everything else. I mean, that's not, it's not like it's, yeah. you know, take a bunch of herbs and you're fine. I, right um, on. I was very thankful I had a great surgeon to take that thing out of me. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, functional medicine is just saying we want to, we want to find out the root cause and we want to treat it the least harmful way. That's beautiful. And, and that could be anything. So yeah. functional medicine is not just limited to this, you know. Any therapy is, if, if it's getting to the cause and it's going to be effective, it's fine. So it's spending the time to learn about the patient, understand what's happening, yes. and find the therapy. So the Chinese government said, ah, that kind of makes sense. We want the best of Western medicine, but with our philosophy, how you take care of people and how we lower risk and how a diet and lifestyle yes. are a key part of it. Um, which they've always believed in, yeah. um, et cetera. You know, all their foods, everything they eat, you know, has some story about what it's doing to your health in some way. <laughs> I mean, it's really beautiful that their whole culture is imbued with, um, with things having a relationship to your health. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, every different kind of tea, every different kind of food. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's kind of neat. So but, how did we come to that then? Because I mean... It, it, this country didn't even exist a little over 200 years ago. <laughs> you know, how did we get to the point? Because everyone came over at that, and we didn't have all the medicine that, that we do now, the, even the, the knowledge that we have. But that culture over there is centuries old. You know, you think they have been doing something right <laughs> for a long time at this point. How did we ever get to that point to where we figured out, you know what, let's just treat the symptoms. And... Well, I, I, have, I haven't thought about it in that way in the past, but you, but you bring up an interesting, interesting point. I think I would respond just kind of quickly. Yeah. Is we're such a country built on creating new things, right? Creativity. Um, so if you look back at the history of modern medicine, Western modern medicine, yeah. it was we came up with what seemed to the time these miracle things, antibiotics. Now, sure. of course, that was over, I mean, in France, but, but you know, we adopted all these amazing new things, um, not, again, understanding the implications, going back to what we said in the beginning, Very true. of what they meant. So antibiotics were a miracle. Yeah. For goodness sakes, they were really important. They saved millions of lives. They really do. Uh, There's a lives, really good right? purpose for them. Absolutely. Um, but it's not a good mainstay of medicine no. um, because the effect of, acuting, of, of treating the acute infections then causes this whole big cycle of, which I can come to, to Viome, causes this whole big cycle of, um, uh, of side effects. So I think yeah. that's what it is. Every invention we came up with was really cool and new and neat. Yeah. But 
it, 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 because being capitalistic society, it got stuck into the whole capitalistic thing, and then it, it becomes something different than just than just good healthcare. Absolutely, and you mentioned Viome again here, so yeah. maybe that's a good segue into that as well. Yeah, so um, you had a Viome test, and let's say yeah. what that is, and of course that relates potentially to one of the reasons why people would benefit from it, of course, of the overuse of antibiotics. So um, quickly, 30-second overview of the, of the microbiome, right? Yes, um, we can take longer than 30 seconds, okay. it's okay, so, <laughs> whatever you want. So the, the microbiome is a bunch of little organisms that live everywhere. They live in the air, in the water, in the soil, in all alive things, right? Uh, in the soil, they, they would help plants grow. In the air is what helps us be able to make yeast and beer yeah. and everything. Uh, uh, yeah, beer and bread and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they're bacteria, parasites, yeasts, fungi, phages, and viruses. Okay. okay. Um, we're, so the, in terms of mammals... They live on us. They live in our ears, in our eyes, in our nose, in our mouth, in our GI tract, in a, in a woman's vaginal orifice. And um, they have an important role in all those places. Okay, We've been studying the microbiome for a long, long time. I mean, going, going back to fermented yogurts and drinks and sure. stuff for thousands of years, yeah. we knew that had healthy properties. But only in the past five years has technology allowed us to really understand that there are 40 trillion of these things living inside us. Oh, goodness. 40, I mean, wow. More than all the stars in the universe. Um, you know, they have uh, 100 times more um, uh, genetic power, DNA, gene expression, than all the human cells. So they're a lot more powerful, a lot more activity than our human cells wow. uh, inside us. And, and I mentioned, um, for example, the ones externally, like, like uh, on the surface of our skin. Yeah. It affects how we age and skin diseases in, in a vaginal orifice. It's why there's such a big difference in the health outcomes of C-section babies versus vaginal birth canal babies. The Interesting. Difference, so the C-section baby doesn't get the mother's microbiome. Okay. And they have a 30% chance of increased risk of metabolic diseases. That's obesity, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure. 30%? 30%. That's insane. Wow. Difference between the two. And now they're actually spraying microbiome mixtures on C-section babies huh. in order to try to mimic the, the um, microbiome of the mother. Are those cultured from the mother? Well, the moment they're not, there are people yeah. working on that okay. to do that. Yeah, that right. would be amazing. I mean, because yep. there's C-sections are life-saving too for right. both the mother right. and the child. <laughs> and yep. there's a good purpose to them, just like there would be antibiotics. It's mm -hmm. obviously not the natural way to mm -hmm. deal with the problem, right. but it, but again, we, no, one, no one, no one re thought about the fact that the C-section yeah. baby was not being exposed to the mother's vaginal microbiome. Now we understand it's, it's really important. That's amazing. That's so, amazing. so, th so we have this microbiome, and just in the past five years, what we suspected that these organisms in our GI tract were influencing our, our risk of diseases or getting yeah. diseases. It turns out that the microbiome, if it's out of balance, is one of the primary causes, not just related, but primary causes of virtually every chronic disease. Oh my gosh. And this, and this comes from all the major research institutions around, around the world, whether it's wow. Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, depression, diabetes, obesity, 
uh, how cancer drugs work. For example, immunotherapy, which yeah. is a very important therapy for cancer these days. Yeah, yeah. It only works in about 20% of, uh, of the people it's given to. Okay. It's been determined that's because of the difference in the microbiome. Really? Yeah. That's a breakthrough technology too. When I right. said breakthrough, it's really only coming yeah. into mainstream now. Yeah. You know, my, my uncle just passed of cancer just a short while ago, and that was one of the possible treatments. But you know, of course, this is our medical system again. They deemed him almost unworthy. You know, Medicare did just because he did not have the best possible outlook at the time. But so you're telling me, even if he had received that therapy, there was only only be a twenty percent chance right. one so that would work. So researchers are working on ways now to manipulate the microbiome yeah. to increase the effectiveness of the immunotherapy. That's amazing. Yeah. Everything so, just circles back to that. I know. So <laughs> what you're going to learn, okay, so if, if you look at and you want to measure all these organisms, okay, you can use a technology which is okay. measures the presence or absence sure. of them, called 16S, um, which just tells you who's there and maybe who's not there. Yeah. Okay. Or... Moving two steps forward, there's a te technology that we use, the only commercially licensed lab in the world, uh, that does metatranscriptomics, which we're measuring the expression of the DNA, huh. so the RNA that's being produced, so we can tell what these organisms are doing or not doing, how they're influencing your gene expression, what metabolites they're producing, etc. So now we can say that you actually have bacteria or parasites that yeah. are causing inflammation in your body and inflammation being a, a primary cause of so many chronic diseases and and beyond that we can tell which based on these signatures which foods you should be eating or avoiding and that can change over time too can, correct and, oh, no but it can change over time and it's different for you and i so the concept yeah. of of a of a diet you know, a universal healthy diet doesn't exist. Right and that's on. kind of intuitive. I mean, that kind of makes yeah, sense, right? That, yeah. That's why diet books are published every week and of course. they don't work, right? It's um, more like the book should be, hey, this is what worked for me. Well, <laughs> And it right. might work for you. Right. So no universal healthy diet. Yeah. People understand that. But the concept that our research shows is that there's no universally he universal healthy food. Hmm. It depends on your microbiome. So, you know, kale or broccoli, yeah. one would say, everyone should eat broccoli, you know, the sulforaphanes and all their good polyphenols, and it's a really one of the healthiest foods there are, right? Sure. In 30%, about 30% of the U.S. population, the microbiome actually converts the good chemicals in there into a toxin. Oh, wow. So for some subgroup, some sub of the U.S. population, they should not be eating broccoli with their current microbiome makeup. <laughs> and that's the same with avocado or spinach or salmon sure. or anything that we would call healthy foods. It's healthy for, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, yeah. and it has healthy chemicals in it. But because of the microbiome, for some people, it's actually a problem. Oh, wow. I, I start thinking, this is where my humor goes to now, because you know, I have kids, 11-year-old twins and a 9-year-old. I can just hear them after they listen to this episode now, because they listen to my show, too. <laughs> and I, okay, you got to eat your salad tonight. And I'm like, no, it's no. not healthy for my microbiome, right. Dad. But that macaroni and cheese is. Yep, you got it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and, so, and so the chocolate sauce on it is yeah. pretty good, too. Yep. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. So, so that, that's the key, yeah. is the personalization of understanding what's happening um, with your inside your uh, GI tract from a microbiome perspective, not only can help you how you feel today, 
but just totally change your risk of chronic disease in, in, in the future. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I took my test uh, about two weeks ago. I don't have the results back should yet. Have, should have them really soon. Yeah. And to come back, you'll be able to see them on an app on your, on your smartphone. And um, you'll be able to understand. Uh, yeah. if, we're, if we're saying, for example, uh, avoid kale, um, you can click on it and understand why you sure. should avoid kale. What's happening with the bacteria? What, what pathways yeah. are being out of balance? Um, that for you at this point in time, the kale is maybe not such a good That's thing. That's awesome. And I found out about Viome even before I even knew that you existed. <laughs> and it, when I took this two weeks ago, I, I was reading through some of the reviews on this. And what blew my mind was there was this one individual who took the list. Because the, the test gives you a list of all mm -hmm. the, the microorganisms that are living inside of you right now that are in your GI tract. And he found out that he had some kind of virus that had just set up camp in his gut that only lives on bell peppers. <laughs> and it was wreaking havoc in his gut. Everything mm -hmm. else was cool, you know, but he, he had no idea why he was having indigestion or anything else. And this was just a freak thing that this test can show because it literally shows everything. It just, it, it's just something that's not compatible with the human biology. Right. Well, and, and it, it, most importantly, it shows that's alive and doing something. Yes. So, so we don't just identify that it's there. Yeah. Okay. Because um, it could be dead. You know, you could still get Very the DNA true. from it. Um, but we understand what it's actually doing there. Um, and and the, the whole virus story is interesting because this is now, again, if the microbiome field exploded in the past five years, mm -hmm. this whole virus and phage story is exploding in the past one year. Okay. Now, as, as the technology allows us to measure more and measure what's happening. Um, so a lot of a lot of things that you would think are good for you, be it tomato yeah. or a green bell pepper yeah. or a, or a, an apple, if they have viruses on them, um, based on your microbiome balance, huh. you might your immune system might not be working so well, and therefore that virus is now starting to cause problems for you. That makes so much sense. And then here's a question for you because I also did a, a food sensitivity and really a food allergy test mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, and this might get a little technical. But it, for our listeners, but there's there's IgE and IgG mm -hmm. responses, right? right. And that, that shows IgE, from what I understand, is what's called a quote-unquote true allergy because it's an immediate response, immediate inflammation from whatever exposure you have, you know, being environmental, ingestion, whatever. And IgG is more of the delayed to where right. you, might, you might consume something and then you have the response four hours, six hours, 12 hours, even three days <laughs> later. And one of the things I found out was that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of the weird ones. I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I think oh, they I, taste oh, really do. good. I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Super healthy for you, at least yep. as far as Bro most Broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, the know, cruciferous cabbage. vegetables. Yeah. Yep. That's a fun word to say, too, cruciferous. <laughs> Spell it backwards. Oh, that I can't do. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> or at least it's just too much brain power right yeah. now. <laughs> but how does something like that compare to, or how is it related to, hmm. The microbiome, because I had some very true allergies, as far as they were called, those IgE responses that popped up, and then there were some IgG, which made sense to me. And at yep. the time, this is the only thing that I knew. You know, I didn't know about the microbiome. I, I had no idea that uh, this could even exist, or that one would interrelate with the other. You know, so are, are they related or are they separate? Uh, maybe totally both. related. Okay. Um, well, and let me just go back for a second, and we talk about quote, true allergy. Yeah. The only reason the IgE may be called a true allergy by, by 
board certified allergist is mm -hmm. because the only tools they used to have to determine allergy was they would scratch your skin. I had that when I was young. Yeah. Right. So, yep. and then there would be an immediate welt. Yep. Right. So, oh, that's an allergy. Yeah. That's a true allergy. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all. So that's all they could measure back then. So then, when uh, IgE IgG was understood, they didn't think it was so. It wasn't real because it didn't relate to what they knew, you know, back, sure. back then. But it's just as real. It's just a different pathway. So it's still an allergy or sensitivity. Yeah. It just takes longer to develop. Um, uh, so I just want to correct. They're both true. I, right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, so most allergies occur um, because of something called a leaky gut. Okay. So. I think that's a pretty common term. Most people have heard that before. Yeah. An intestinal wall is supposed to have tight junctions like yeah. this. If it gets irritated for any number of reasons, antibiotics, um, lots of alcohol, smoking, different things, they become looser, right? And then it allows macromolecules, different kind of antibodies, proteins yeah. to pass, antibodies, proteins to pass through into our bloodstream. So that's how a food allergy develops. Huh. You have a leaky gut, the proteins pass into the bloodstream, the body says, whoa, what's that foreign invader? And it mounts an immune attack, an immune huh. attack against it, and that's your allergic symptom. Is that because it hasn't been completely digested because of the well, leaky gut? Well, it hasn't been digested, but it's passed through. Normally, we just stay in the lumen. I gotcha. I mean, so our, our, our intestinal tract is this tube, yeah. right, that really, the inside of it is really the outside. It's not inside our body. It's you know, here yes, and there. Yes. It's just a tube that goes through. That that's not part of our body. It only communicates to our body through the cell, the, the wall. Gotcha. So, um, so one of the so the connection is one of the primary ways that we that cause leaky gut is something called dysbiosis, which is an imbalanced microbiome. Huh. So, one of the main causes of leaky gut, disordered. Microbiome, yeah, making us then susceptible to developing food allergies. That's amazing. So, as you heal the microbiome and heal the leaky gut, you you reduce your food allergies and food sensitivities. So you've already helped China to launch their new healthcare system. Is there a way that I can be an advocate for you? <laughs> because I feel like the, the Viome test, if this is what it gives you as far as these answers go, should be distributed almost to every single American. <laughs> well, I think, you, you know, you're doing it now through education. I mean, yeah. So so we are a pioneering company. I mean, most of healthcare will agree with the statement that I'm going to make. The statement being, you know, within within the next 10 years, the microbiome will be an integral part of all healthcare. I mean, everybody agrees with that. Yeah. They don't know what that looks like, right? So Viome is one of the few companies that's helping to determine what that will look like. That's fantastic. So, um, so just just people listening to us now is the way to do it, and and they can go to the website and and check things out. I love that. I love bringing things into the light. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is, whether it's technology, well, this is technology. It's technology. It's, it was so, just fantastic. This is only possible because of of the marriage of two technologies. Okay. The the marriage of next generation sequencing, which is only you know eight years old yeah. or whatever, and uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. So Viome, we have a whole a giant department back in in Manhattan, um, actually headed up by the by the former founder of the IBM Watson, 
Oh, nice. Thing. Um, uh, doing machine learning and AI to take this massive amount of data that we have and translate it into actionable uh, results. That is beautiful. I can't wait to see what the next several years are going to bring. Uh, it's, it's pretty, the trajectory is <laughs> like this. pretty amazing. It is. And it seems like with all technology, you know, it almost seems like a grind for many, many, many years. You know, and then it gets to a point to where, you know, if you're looking at it on a, on a graph, right, there's just this line that's ever so slightly inching upwards. And then all of a sudden there's this breaking point because there's a, a there's a breakthrough right. and then it just skyrockets. I feel like we're right on the cusp of that mm -hmm. with a lot of things, especially with AI. You know, I had an AI expert on the show as well. And th this is just another great application of that. You know, part, part of it, part of that show is trying to dispel the myths of AI because there's a lot of fear behind it too because it's just not understood it's ignorance you know right. but then this is another one of the huge benefits of it is that we can live longer lives we can live healthier lives and we can just enjoy everything that there is about life even more the good foods <laughs> well a, a a physician doesn't have the processing power to process the data that our tests uncover i mean i i think it's something like um, four gigabytes of, of data for that will be for you, okay? Yeah. So four gigabytes of data that our machine learning is using its algorithms to process through and looking for patterns and, yep. and running through, I think, 225 different algorithms right now. For reference, that's an entire DVD Right. is four gigabytes yeah. around that. Yeah, so, so imagine. So a physician, we couldn't do that. You yeah. Know, if the results from the next-gen sequencing were given to me, you know, a thousand pages of stuff, I would go, oh, okay, well, yes. so cool, here you go. <laughs> you know, take, a, you know, take an aspirin and see me in the morning. Yeah, right um, on. Uh, so, so machine learning really allows this one piece of technology to become practical and come up with actionable, meaningful results where someone can make a change based on data and knowledge. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. beautiful. I don't know if the, I, don't, I have nowhere else to go because I've just I've been filled up so wonderfully on <laughs> today on this show. I can't wait to get my results back. Right. You know, that's a, I know they're coming back really soon. And well, and, and, and feel free to obviously when they do to give us a call and uh, we can we have someone to talk to you about it. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun too. Yeah. I, I'm interested that way, you know. And I always try to make things understandable and consumable for for everybody, you know, that's on the show because I know this show goes out to multiple different countries now, which is amazing. I'm so grateful for that. But it, when we get, you know, really down and technical and really into some very intellectual conversation, something like that can really speak volumes to just anybody that's mm -hmm. out there, just knowing that there's someone that can explain those things to them. Right. I would be the one, the weird dork, the weird nerd that would look through all of those different organisms that are living inside me and just want to know what each one is doing. <laughs> you know, rather than that's the, the whole marine thing I was telling you about, right. you know, I would want to know the why. I would want to know everything I possibly could about every single thing that's on that list. And that, that's the part that's intriguing to me. You know, I'd want to help nurture and cultivate the good ones and then just eliminate all the bad ones that are there. But you've made that perfect with the nap. <laughs> right. I mean, so, yeah, so people can choose what level they want yeah. to be in charge of their health. I mean, again, the whole key thing is this is empowering people with information yeah. to make the choices. Because the end result being you still have to make the choice. We'll provide you the information. Right? You, you provided us your poop, we provide you the information, and now it's up to you to decide, am I going to do something 
about it? Will I use this to, to change my life and change how I feel and, and live a healthier life? Right on. And I think that's really the one thing for the show today, too. I'm just going to extract that out right now is that it, it really is the choice of each individual, isn't it? But you said you brought one thing as well <laughs> to give to, to the oh, audience. Right. And I guess it kind of relates to that. Um, and it's the universe, my experience has been the universe is happy to help if I, one, ask, and two, start taking the steps. That's perfect. So I need to do those two things to, to accomplish what I, what I want to accomplish. I think about it, I have to ask, right? And then I can't just ask and sit here, wait for it. Then I have to start taking the steps along that path. And then I've always, I mean, absolutely always have found that the universe helped and gave me the tools or the people or, or wherever it was. Whatever resource. To, whatever resources to end up at, at, at where I wanted to go to. That's beautiful. I really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, well, this is it, great. A, <laughs> I love yeah. these conversations. I, I love just soaking in the wisdom. Well, I don't know about wisdom, but, but anyway, <laughs> soaking in the words. Yes. Great. Well, Thank you, Dr. Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Same here. Oh, where can we find you online? Oh, uh, well, uh, let's see. The, social media uh, yeah, Social media, yeah. Instagram is, is my name, uh, dr.stephenbarry, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-B-A-R-R-I-E. -E. Wonderful. That's the best place. And then Viome is just Viome.com. That'll be in the show notes also. V-I-O-M-E. Yeah. Wonderful. Go yeah. take your test. <laughs> yeah, go take your test. You will, yep. you will learn a lot. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.